service your existing car with us right now and it's worth £500 off your next car. Yes, at Macklin Motors Toyota, we'll give you a £500 voucher off any of our brand new Toyotas when you book in for a service with our expert Toyota trained technicians. We even have complimentary courtesy cars available, so book your service now and get £500 off any new Toyota. Visit macklinmotors.co.uk or see us at Kennishead Road, Darnley. Macklin Motors, the new name for Toyota sales and servicing in Glasgow. Valid on services till 30th September. Excludes Motability and Fleet customers. One £500 voucher per vehicle purchased by 31st December. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! Good evening, four minutes past five. This is Paul Cooney from the heart of Glasgow and Go Radio. And with me tonight, the former Scotland stars, Leanne Crichton. Evening, Leanne. Good evening, Paul. Fresh from Hamden, and so were you, Andy Walker. Loved it, Paul. What a great performance from us. Great to see us win so comfortably against a decent outfit. 3-0 against the Ukraine. If only that could have been the case three months ago. But it is what it is. Yeah, if only, Paul, as you say. But what a brilliant way to bounce back. I think there was a lot of pressure on the match last night. Great to see a good turnout in terms of the supporters at Hamden Park. They brought the noise. The players brought the performance, and they certainly delivered the result did it look for a while Andy as we went into the second half they started better didn't they Ukrainians but then Scotland got the rhythm they surprised everyone with the the way we set out to play the game and where the goal's going to come and then they did John McGinn and his bahuki <laughs> his words he, he, he was quite right to, yeah. to cite Kenny Dalglish and the way yeah. he used to use that uh, part of his anatomy to such good effect but uh, he is so often our talisman, John McGinn. Great to see him score. I didn't think it was a foul. And then to follow up with his substitutions and uh, Lyndon Knights getting a couple, it was it was just a perfect result and a really, uh, really great performance. I think that was the most pleasing aspect. And Lyndon Dykes, Shea Adams had taken so much punishment. Mm. Lyndon Dykes gets two goals. So much to talk about, Leanne. Was it an ordering off earlier on, do you think, for that challenge, the rugby tackle? For me, it was. Um, we spoke a lot about it last night when we were on air. And I think for me, uh, you know, and a lot of other people's opinions as well, is I think football need to start to take those types of challenges a lot more seriously. Last night, the player was assessed almost with a spinal injury. It can be classed as a concussion-type knock. Um, and I don't think the assessment period is long enough. I really felt for Shea Adams. I thought it was a, a real sore one that he took. I was glad to see him get back up on his feet. But I think it's something seriously that football need to look at. For me, it was a red card last night. Scotland fans, what do you think? 0808 17 17 700. And we're on the socials at Go Football Show. Andy, this is the first time you've worked on Go Radio with Leanne. Yes, I've met Leanne at a number of... Uh, she goes to as many games as I do, I think. Um, nearly as many as James McFadden. Nearly you as many as Faddy <laughs> and Coyster, yeah. But, on more uh, channels, yeah. Yeah, great yeah. to be working with Leanne at uh, the best show in town. Thank you. This one? <laughs> oh, fantastic. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> so sad to tell him this is his last gig. I'm joking. You'll be with us, Andy said, joined. Leanne, great to see you back in. And you know she got her first class honours degree. I didn't we know that, last so week. congratulations. Yep. 
Marvellous. Fantastic. Well, what a guy. Yeah. What a no, guy. people were talking about it in the programme. We get lots of reaction to it as well. What was your mum saying and your nana as well? They were chuffed. Yeah, my nana <laughs> will be tuned in tonight. Andy, she's yeah. a huge fan of the, the show as well. Marvellous. Brought my mum a voice note to make sure that she was across it as well because she hates when she misses it when she doesn't realise that I'm on. Um, all the family do. They, they love it and support it as well. They love the show. That's brilliant. If only yep. you could recruit my family, your, your uh, listeners. Indeed, I know. Exactly. Just hearing about that. The growing family and all the weddings and all the rest, Andy. 08, 08, 17, 17. 700 we're looking forward to the next two hours Stevie Clark he's not joining us live but we've got the latest from the Scotland manager because he got such a torrid time during the summer after you know we went in with great expectations we were all hoping to go to the World Cup it wasn't to be and then that result against the Republic of Ireland and of course that game Saturday night now Andy we're top at the table it's a huge game against the Irish yeah, the last uh, couple of games, I mean, the Irish at home, you really want to make your mark, especially after, you know, getting the the supporters back on side last night. I thought before the game there was a bit of trepidation with the supporters. Mm. Certainly I was speaking to, they didn't know what type of performance they were going to see from Scotland. And thankfully it was one of the better ones. And um, yeah, we, we can't go into... Uh, the game against Ireland in any better shape after that level of performance. The only downside was that uh, injury to Nathan Parson, and uh, it looks as though he's going to be out for some time, which is a great pity. It is indeed because he started well at Everton um, and it was a pity it went off and we found out that David Turnbull had a knock. He came to mm-hmm. the, the, the camp but with a knock and he went back to Celtic a few days ago. Yeah. So there'll be replacements coming in. Yes, Steve Clark I think alluded to that last night. I'm yeah. not sure if that's been announced today who's coming in no. but I think he, he said that two players perhaps would be added to the squad. The injury list is, is pretty long when you start mm-hmm. to tally the players up that are missing, the players that had to withdraw. Um, then you add Patterson and, and Turnbull to that now. So that perhaps makes the performance and the result last night even better because Steve Clark's been faced with his challenges, certainly defensively. He was rocked in terms of his options. There was debate last night, would it be a back five, would yeah. it be a back four? And thankfully, it was a back four um, with the players that were available. I thought it just suited the players a lot um, a lot better last night, having Scott McTominay in his natural position, I thought was huge. I thought he performed really, really well. Did you think it was going to be back five when you saw it? Because we weren't sure in the studio here how it would be when we saw the team. Did you yeah. think it would be four or five? On the way to the game, um, I had predicted in my head it would be a mm-hmm. four. Then when we got to the match and we looked at the lineups, then the, the whispers around the stadium where it was a five, um, which brought a lot of disappointment. Mm-hmm. And then as time went on, we kind of worked out that it was it was going to be that back four, which gives you flexibility as well with the, the squad that and the group of players that had been selected. You could have chopped and changed if required last night. Um, but I just thought the, the 4-3-3 system or 4-2-3-1 just suited the team a lot better. Yeah, and in the end, the amount of players we had... You know, forty yards from goal in the second half, we absolutely dominated pretty much that uh, that whole period, and just the amount of options for the man in possession. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was just one of our best performances. And as you say, Paul, what a pity we couldn't have done that in the mm-hmm. the World Cup playoff because mm-hmm. that's when we really wanted to to show what we were capable of. Do we miss out too often? I mean, I heard Simon Jordan this morning saying, yeah, yeah, you won, but you didn't win when it really counted. I mean, this could count. This was our uh, way to get through two years ago. It doesn't make Euros. up for it. No. It certainly sure. doesn't make up. It's good no. to win and it's good yeah. to see that level of performance, but it doesn't make up for for not going to the World Cup. We, we, we want to build on the momentum. We wanted to build on the momentum that we had from qualifying for the Euros, but it yeah. wasn't to be. And actually, Ukraine were, were very good on the night. Yeah. 
47,000, I think, on the night. So virtually a full house. Great atmosphere then, Leanne. How was it? Andy said it was a bit strange at the beginning, but then it took off. Yeah, a bit strange. Um, and I think it was just because the fans didn't know what to expect. I think the fans are at a place now where they're behind the team. <laughs> but a lot of fans that I spoke to as well and, and family and friends that were going... It will go tonight, but will we get the result? You know, will it be a same performance? It is similar to the June performance, but it wasn't. And I think the early minutes of the game, like any stadium, get the fans on side early. Um, it, it took them a while to get a real foothold in the game. I thought in the early moments there was a lot of trouble again for Patterson down that kind of right hand side of Scotland. Um, Mudrick was a real problem. Yep. We're a top top player. Um, but after that, after 15-20 minutes, Scotland really got a foothold in the game. The fans got behind them once you, you cause teams problems and you force them to defend that's what Scotland fans love because then you can feel the energy and, and they fed off that and as you say they started the second half I thought a lot slower but 10 minutes or so into it it was just endless waves of attack and the amount of unforced errors that Ukraine made in their own mm. half was incredible this is a side Andy yeah. 18 places above Scotland in mm. the rankings as well and I've never seen them so comfortable well I think it also tells you that the, the Nations League works it works for us. You like it, Ra rather? Yeah. Well, yeah. we got to the Euros on the back of yeah. uh, the the Nations League, so rather than a, a friendly, um, you know, to play competitive games, to play for points, and the, the the reward at the end of it, if you can get it right, this is why this is a, you know, it's a big la a big game for us on Saturday, and then the the, the last one against Ukraine. Um, we could be in a really good position. I think at first people said, and you know, we had the momentum with the Champions League and the title race going, there's just two points in it. And you think, right, we're switching to internationals. What is it again? Let's the managers it hate it, Paul. Yeah. But honestly, yeah. I mean, I, I only get three caps. I wasn't a recognised yeah. international player. I was in about... Three more than most. Well, yeah. I was in about yeah. half a dozen squads. Right. But, yeah. um, I mean, I, I, I got a game against Colombia at uh, Hamden um, and that it was a friendly so if you have Nations League, uh, you know, you're playing for points. Um, I, I think it works really well for, for a country like us who are, well, we've struggled for so long sure. to get mm -hmm. to major tournaments and um, hopefully we can get to the next Euros. Also, these types of games actually allow the players, uh, oh, yes, they fell short in the World Cup playoff. Of course, we would have wanted them to win that, but it gives them experience and experience in competitive matches which you didn't always get at international level I think even last night you know, speaking about Kieran Tierney it was only 33 caps I think he's got which for a player of Kieran Tierney's calibre because of his injuries um, but years gone by there would have only been a handful of meetups over the course of the, the year if there was now the Nations League it gives you this momentum of games together which yes you might not always win the games but what it gives you is an opportunity to get better and I think that's what you've seen at this time that Scotland are together They've got better since the summer. Yep. You know, they've been able to critique and analyse what, what they got wrong. Steve Clark des described it as they stalled in the summer. I think it was yeah. a bit more serious than a stall. Um, but they've bounced back. Let's hear from Steve Clark. And first of all, about the the way he changed it up at the beginning, especially at the back. I was saying for a little while that I want, a, I want a squad that's capable of playing more than one system. We had a lot of good results playing with the three at the back. I just felt tonight with a... The options I had, uh, the, the way I read the game in the summer, what we could do to try and be better uh, was was maybe to occupy the wider areas of the pitch a little bit better. So that was the that was the thinking. But obviously, it's easy to talk about. The players have to go out there and they have to execute it. I thought the the back four was good, no shots to speak of. We defended well. We had good pace at the back, and that allows you to press the game a little bit higher up the pitch so 
yeah, it worked well in this one. We have to make sure it works just as well in the next one. He's hard to read though, isn't he? And he's, uh, but I think yeah. he was good form, obviously, afterwards. He doesn't get too carried away and he tends not to get too down. Yeah, I, I like his approach. Uh, it's, I think a lot of players like that. You know, there's no uh, there's no hysteria when things are going well. There's no down in the dumps when it's uh, when it's uh, not going so well. And I think when you look across the, the starting eleven last night, I, I was impressed with Jack Henry. I thought he played really well. Um, I was impre- impressed with McKenna. He's getting great experience with Forest, even although they're. They're struggling in the Premier League. Can you see a difference and, in him? Sorry, I know he's having a tough time, but he's playing at a high, high level. Yeah, I, uh, I think he's doing okay. Um, I, I think he's. I'm hoping that he'll prove himself to be a Premier League player. So if it doesn't work out for him, maybe he might get the opportunity to stay in the Premier League, and that's what he, that's what he should really be aiming for. To play at that level is fantastic. The level of competition is just so strong. He's up against quality players week in, week out. And if you can bring that to the national team, all well and good for us. So the Nathan Patterson injury fairly early on, wasn't it? His knee, I think it was. Leanne, yeah, just looking it at you. Maybe yeah. medial ligament, yeah. just in terms of the assessment. Just hopefully it's not too serious. That's the manager was asked about it. Obviously, we don't know because he's got to go away and get assessed, but it doesn't look like a good one. So fingers crossed it's, it's not too bad. Nil-nil at half-time, we'd had some chances. Mudrick, you mentioned him. He was the only option for them up front, wasn't he, really? Yeah, but he was a real handful, Paul. Yeah, yeah because he's such a direct footballer. Mm. First thing in his mind every time he picked the ball up was to take his player on. Um, the giving goes at times, Patterson didn't know whether to stay. Mm. A couple of times, he went all the way into the middle of the pitch and, and that's then where the space was opened up in behind. And That was the same type of problems that Ukraine caused in in June um, when it was the, the back five it was Scott McTominay on the right hand side and Aaron Hickey it was that night and I thought is it going to be much the same you know because it did look like they could carry that threat endlessly but, but Scotland got to grips with it and the legs and the energy that, that they showed middle to front last night I think made it a lot easier for the back line but also Kieran Tierney and coming back into the, the squad what an addition he yeah. is because he makes like a Scott McKenna, a better player around him. Yeah, I think he does. And the level of uh, the level of performance that he gives, his attitude uh, to the game, he's just someone that you love to see playing. And even uh, even some of the uh, the things that go against you in a game, he, he's got a tremendous attitude to to bounce back. Uh, you sometimes watch him off the ball, and he's speaking to younger players. He's getting them into mm-hmm. position. He's trying to organise. And that's not easy when you're, you know, you're running at uh, full pelt to try and give others a bit of your time and a bit of encouragement takes it out of you as well. He's got a fabulous attitude. Let's let's hope he's uh, he's clear of any serious injury. What a role model he is to young players, boys and girls. Absolutely, and I think he's a really honest player as well. And and the bit that I liked about him as well is that when he moved to Arsenal, he was he was quite willing to admit that. It, it wasn't all plain sailing, that he really struggled for a period in time. Um, his injuries certainly haven't helped and I think if he had been available more often for Scotland as well, some of the performances and results would have been better because there's no doubt about it, he makes Scotland a better team when he plays. But last night, Zandy says, I watch him off the ball as well. I watch every player to try and you know take wee bits and, and how they play and how they perform. And he's so calm, such a calming influence, but he plays with an, an urgency as well. A lot of players, you see, they're quite irate, they're always on the go and you can see that they're demanding more but Kieran Tierney just demands more constantly and the way that he plays really takes care of the ball and I think he put McKenna at ease last night as well knowing that it was alongside him 
using the ball, comfortably recycling it at times, showing a lot of patience. Um, it was great to see him back. You're watching them carefully. Is it working for you, Leanne Crichton? <laughs> you had a fantastic career. How many caps? I think I know. 72. 72, yeah. 72 caps for Scotland and still playing at Motherwell. I say still and doing a bit of the coaching as well, which I know you're loving. We're going to I'm talk about it, yeah. that during the programme. 0808 17 17 700. If you were at the game last night, give us a call. 0808 17 17 700. Leanne Crichton, Paul Cooney and Andy Walker. A bit more from the manager then, so at half-time it was nil-nil. What was he feeling at that point as they went into the second half? You have to recognise the fact that both teams are fresh in the first half and you're, you're going at it, but putting a good team. Everybody knows Ukraine are a good team, so we we just spoke to them at half-time about keeping up the momentum in the game, staying quick in the game, trying to force the ball through, pass through midfield more, find, find the spaces, create the chances, and we certainly did that second half. It took us a long time to get there or longer maybe than we, we thought to get the first goal. We missed a few decent chances, but then the first goal goes in. John does what he does well. Uh, good finish. And from there, you could see the players had a good belief and a good confidence. And it was nice for the, the two substitutes, Ryan and Lyndon, to come off the bench and make the scoreline better. Yeah, what about the scorers then? What about John McGinn? It's nice for him to score on his 50th cap. John scored a lot of goals. I don't, th I don't think it is his 50th. It's 49, I think. Yeah, 50 on Saturday. And hopefully he gets another goal on his 50th. There we are, shock news, the team news. He is playing on <laughs> Saturday, the stand-in captain. Yep, 14 goals in 49 games, John McGinn. Uh, phenomenal. And I was interesting, uh, I heard him afterwards being interviewed and he said, it's been a tough time for me. And he's obviously referring to life. He's captain at Aston Villa, but we talked about it last night. He's getting a bit of stick in some of the media in England. I don't know if it's the Tyrone Mings lobby. He's a great player as well, mm -hmm. but John's had it tougher this season. I think all Scottish players do. You think? You know, I th yeah. I think so. I think they're always... Yeah. Um, you yeah. look at Scott McTominay at Man United, mm -hmm. I think Darren Fletcher for a number of years as well was always isolated at moments, even right. in really good teams. Our good um, friend James McFadden. James McFadden. Although that, to be fair, that's a criticism <laughs> we give him. <laughs> yeah. Still give that's him that. That's interesting. So do you think... And is it because of the way they play? Or is it because they're Scottish? And if it's someone from abroad, we go crazy? Or, yeah, I've no, yeah, I've no idea. But I think that he probably does get it harder than most. You know, And also that they probably don't appreciate down there actually how good he is mm. and how much better he makes other players around him. Even playing alongside Grealish um, in the season that he did, he made Grealish a better player. You know, and, and a lot of people, because it's that England connection that they look at that and see him as a standout man. But what John McGinn has got is a lot of resilience. Um, he's bounced back really well. A lot of criticism from Scotland fans as well. The amount of chances that he's had, even goal scoring opportunities, maybe hasn't taken as many as he could have. Um, Steve Clark actually mentioned them in the Ukraine match back in June. Um, and almost singled him out for the, the opportunity that he missed in that game, which I thought was really tough because nobody performed well that night. And I thought to name somebody like a, a John McGinn, I thought was mm -hmm. tough. Um, but he bounced back last night performance-wise, goals. Yeah, the, the, the other aspect about the management from uh, Stevie Clark that I admire is uh, he had an issue, he had a problem with Ryan Fraser, you know, that he, he pulled out maybe in dubious circumstances. And, and they uh, were. And yeah. they were, exactly. Yeah. But he's got ability and he didn't hold any grudge and he's brought him into the squad and he gave him game time last night. Could have turned to to others, but he, he came on and, and Ryan Fraser showed that uh, you know he's capable of still performing, setting up a couple of goals for London Knight. So in terms of management and how you manage that individual, 
I thought it was really good. He can take a corner kick, can't he? Sure can. <laughs> right, quick break. After the break, more on Scotland, a bit more on the big two as well and in the Scottish uh, Premiership. Um, some of the headlines from today, one of the managers is in trouble with the SFA over comments at the weekend. I mean, I think he was right about what he was talking about. It's Jim Goodwin. That's coming next. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! This is the Go Radio Football Show. Thanks for making the switch. 2.1 million downloads uh, on the app. Marvelous. People listening to it live or playing it back. Andy, your reaction? Marvellous. Marvellous, excellent. <laughs> Leanne? Outstanding. You've made the difference, you two. <laughs> so we're on till seven tonight. Thanks for making that. So we do appreciate each and every one of you. Some of the other headlines today. Well, Harry Kuehl has been praising the Parkhead atmosphere as the Celtic coach reflects on his experience since joining the club. I know that's not a headline just when I read it there, but uh, Harry Kuehl in there alongside Ange Postacoglu. Postacoglu, of course, back home in Australia, but he will be back. And last night we were talking about that. Sounds as though he's not going to Leicester, if indeed there's a job at Leicester uh, and Brighton, that job has gone. He's going nowhere, I think. There's a project for him here. This one I just saw, Leon King has added to the injury concerns in the Rangers' defensive department. He was ruled out of the under-21s game after picking up a knock. That's the bad news. Good news is Scotland won 3-1 this afternoon in Northern Ireland and uh, they play again at Paisley, uh, the Smyzer Stadium, on Sunday. Leon King, they wouldn't. Rangers don't. Well, I mean, they've got Ben Davies, John Sutter, Hollander. There's almost end, endless list of injuries at the back. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. Um, you would just, for Rangers' sake, they'll be hoping that it's a minor knock um, and perhaps just taking a bit of extra caution around it. You know, that they, they know that they can't risk it. Um, if there's been able to maybe be a conversation had there to say, listen, pull them out. David Turnbull, similar in terms of the the full A squad. Um, but, you know, it never rains, but it pours, I think, in any team. You just sometimes get a run of luck like that, whether it's one position or a, a kind of group of players at the one time. And Rangers seem to be the team that are being hit with that just now. Andy, what does it tell us about Rangers, though, that Leon King is preferred to Ben Davies? I know Ben Davies was injured, yeah. but he's been on the bench now uh, two or three games. I was at Ibrooks on Saturday. I thought he played well. Um, I think it could be a really interesting time for Leon King because if he performs to a good standard, why would he not uh, stay in the team? I think when you see the Rangers bench uh, at Ibrooks on Saturday, as you say, Hollander's still not fit yet. He wasn't, he wasn't quoted. But Yilmaz was on the bench. Davis was on the bench. And yet Leon King and Charlie McCann played from the start. Now, if Giovanni Van Bronckhurst is telling the Rangers fans that it's the it's the best squad he's had, and, and others at Rangers are saying it's the best squad that they've had for, for some time, then uh, that's good news for Leon King and maybe Charlie McCann because Van, Giovanni Van Bronckhurst is constantly saying, I see the players in training every day. So he's putting these guys in before uh, players that have cost a lot of money. So... Um, it's up to them to, to show that they're capable and can handle the pressure. Malcolm has been on the socials at Go Football Show. He wants to ask both of you, who is choosing the players at Ibrox in terms of um, recruitment? Who is it? Because if you've got Ben Davies and he's not playing, there might have been other reasons, but if he doesn't pay, play in the next few weeks... Well, I had this uh, argument with Barry the other day and he yeah. thinks it always has to be the last say has got to be Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. I'm sure there's a... There's a number of voices and I think the, the biggest voice will be Ross Wilson. He has to identify a number of players and offer them to the manager. What, what do you want? We spoke about it. What do you want? Do you want a 
Do you want a, a speedy striker? Do you want a back-to-goal striker? Do you want someone who'll come and receive the ball? Do you want someone who'll, who'll run in behind? There's, there's so many different aspects to every position. So um, you'll offer the manager a number of options. And if you can get, you know, if you've got four on the list, if you can get number one, great, but then you drop down to number two, number three, whatever it is, and you offer that to, to the manager. I, just to finish, Paul, I'm just surprised they didn't uh, they didn't um, strengthen post qualification when we knew. Yeah. Apparently, we thought it was all forty million, but you know, people inside Rangers are saying it's nowhere near that, which is uh, another another debate. So, if they said we need a central defender, left sided, and you get me, Ben Davies, <laughs> he's got a good pedigree. I know yeah. he didn't play at Liverpool, so why am I not playing him then? I, I don't I understand it, Leanne. That's and what Malcolm's it, asking. Yeah, I yeah. don't understand it, and mm. I, and I think it's a it's a perfectly legitimate uh, you know, question for every Rangers uh, fan mm. to be pondering at the moment Yeah I think most football clubs now you would assume that there's perhaps a collective effort in, in terms of recruitment you know because there's a lot of different positions at various clubs um, sporting directors and then you've got the managers and other coaches and you've got you know the scouting department so there's a collective effort there to identify players like Andy says you could start with a list of five you might not get number one and you might be down at number five so who knows where some of these players fell in, in the pecking order that Rangers have, have managed to get in the door. You would like to think, though, that the manager has a say, uh, you know, finally when it comes to that, you know, because otherwise it becomes a waste of money. Um, but then it goes back to patience. You know, a lot of these players that Rangers have signed might come good. You know, it's just they've certainly not hit the ground running the way players on the other side of the city have done under Ange Postecoglou. And that's a comparison just now. And it is a surprise a Dutch manager doesn't have a Dutch player. You'd think he would know someone. I mean, the Dutch league, um, you know, I remember doing an under-21 game years ago and John Park was there for Celtic and Virgil van Dijk was playing for um, the under-21s. And not not so long after that, he, he was signing for Celtic. And look where he is now. Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> One of the but, be- is he the best in the world? Yeah, still. Yeah. Well, yeah. not at the moment. Okay. He's, he's yeah. off his game, and yeah. I, I, you do wonder how his uh, cruciate mm. ligament injury has, mm. has maybe affected him. But for a while there, uh, no one could touch him. Yeah. He was a he was a Rolls Royce. I, I would never claim to be an expert in, in Dutch football, certainly. Um, but Andy, what do you think? Maybe in, in terms of the golf, uh, the quality, the style in the Dutch league, is it maybe that the top end players that you would maybe look at financially are out of reach? Giovanni van Bronckhorst and then that maybe the, the style wouldn't quite match up with the Scottish Premiership I know there's maybe the odd gem yeah. like a Van Dyke, yeah. um, but that's you know how many of them is there that, for? I mean I'm, I'm no expert either in Dutch football Leanne but I do oh, remember are. that game where there was a guy Quincy Promise played mm. and uh, he scored um, he scored a hat-trick uh, against Scotland uh, in the game in, in Paisley I'm sure it was in Paisley. In any event, he soon moved for about 40-odd million, went to Spartak, Moscow. So I, I just think a Dutch manager who's played at the highest level, you know, with Arsenal, with Barcelona, with mm. the national team, knowing all the coaches, he, he's in there with Roy Mackay and everyone else, mm. you would think they would be able to spot someone who would come over and, and, and make a difference. Now, listen, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. You've got uh, you've got Leon King and you've got Charlie McCann actually yeah. getting an opportunity. So, you know, that that is great for them and they're coming through the mm-hmm. the ranks. You don't want 
you don't want your team filled with uh, young lads from a, a, another country. But I'm just surprised there's no Dutch uh, involvement in the you know, the 25-man squad that he's got. A lot to come, isn't there, in the league. Malcolm, thanks for that at the Go Socials, at Go Football Show. And Andy, your old team Celtic, you know, we're talking last week, it could be, Rangers were on three in a row losing. We know it was in major opposition, but they needed to get that win. If they had lost, and if Celtic had won, it could have been eight points in it. Today, mm. two points. Just shows you, in the league, you never know. Neither neither Rangers nor Celtic are going to be invincibles this year. Yeah, I think you... I mean, Celtic were off it, but honestly, yeah. I think you've got to commend St Mirren first and foremost. I thought their game plan was great. Uh, I didn't think Jens and Welsh would get bullied the way they were by uh, Curtis Main and uh, Junger. I thought uh, both of them led the line so well. I mean, they didn't have a lot of the ball at all, but whenever they were in that last third... And they went direct a lot... They didn't put it out short uh, from the goalkeeper, either from, uh, you know, by kicks or when he had the ball at his feet. Uh, they went long and they, they fought for possession in the opposition half. And their game plan worked a treat and they they, they bullied uh, those uh, Celtic centre-backs and got their joy. It's a reminder for everyone else, you know, we talk about the big two and Celtic certainly looked um, invincible, but nobody is. You can see how quickly football changes, mm. Paul, as you say. I probably owe St Mirren an apology because I think on. last Thursday when I was on, I, I thought that Celtic would take three or four off of them based on the, the performances that Celtic had produced. Seriously, who, who didn't? What, what, you couldn't make a case for St Mirren, but the, the surprise is all. I know, so but you, the, you, weren't, you weren't the only one. <laughs> but the run of form that they've, they've now put together, yeah. you know, they've had a couple of um, poorer results in there, but Stephen Robinson really looks to have turned a corner. Um, he knows what his side are about now. He, he knows his, his best system. He knows his best starting eleven. I think. Um, but it takes for all those things to come together on the day, and I think it did for St Mirren. They were absolutely spot on. Performance levels top notch. Um, they stopped Celtic getting into any sort of rhythm. I think the changes that Celtic made to their, their side probably helped that to a point because they took a lot of pace and a lot of energy out their team, and I think that was detrimental to them. But outstanding from St Mirren I think even to go one goal up you're always looking at it and thinking you know could this become a, a 2-1-3-1-4-1 job um, but to go and get the second goal and, and kill the game off and, and they had a couple of other chances as well but their, their two strikers were excellent After the international break although it's, we're right into it now we've got Celtic against Motherwell and Hearts against Rangers. We'll talk about that maybe in the second hour. Back to the one we teased before the break. It was Jim Goodwin, of course. He's been hit with an SFA charge over comments he made about uh, the hip star Ryan Porteous after accusing him of conning the referee after Liam Scales' red card. I wonder what you both think on that. Going into the break, I said yeah. I, I thought the referee got it wrong. Um, but Andy, you... I always think it's a great topic for yeah. debate and I think yeah. every manager is always horrified... Yeah when uh, this type of incident happens against them, but they'll never condemn one of their own. And I don't see any team, the length and breadth of the country, who doesn't have a player in their squad capable of winning a dubious fill. Have you ever won a dubious fill? Many I, times. I feel I've asked you this many I, times. I, yeah. would, I would do anything for my teammates uh, within reason. And yeah, there was plenty of times I could have stayed on my feet and I chose to go down. Sometimes I, I got the fill or the penalty and sometimes I didn't. Um, and I think it's part of the game. And you're not trying to tell me if we were playing in a World Cup playoff, the whole of Scotland wouldn't applaud. I'm not going to name any players, yeah. but a Scotland player who goes down and wins a dubious penalty that gets us to the World Cup. No one will be criticising him. World Cup final, Andy Walker goes down in the box, penalty to Scotland. We're very hypocritical yeah. about it, I've got to say. 
I know, it's pretty true. I can't disagree with that. Liam, no. what would you say? Listen, we could debate. Have you ever won a dubious free kick, Liam? Question. You're right, there's moments. That you, the thing about football, right, that gets me just now, see if you don't get down in the box, you will very rarely get the free, the, the foul. And why is that, do you think? No idea. No yeah. idea, because it, there's almost, it's like there's a scale out of, you know, aggression or contact. It's such a contact. delicate area of the pitch. A um, foul there, it's a penalty. You know, if, if there's uh, contact. Elsewhere, it's just a foul. Absolutely. Um, so I think it's tough. You could debate about it, as I say, all day long. Um, I called it that day when I initially looked at that challenge and I thought it was a penalty. When I looked at it back after the, the game and had the slow-mos and um, you could get a real feel for the whole um, moment and movement. Portis probably does initiate the contact, but players do that every single game. 10, 15 times a game, there'll be the same types of incidents, the same moments and the same decisions for the referees to make. And I do feel for them because they've got a split second to get it right. We can look at it back and um, change our decision and look at it again, which is where VAR will, will certainly help the referees because they will at least be allowed that second chance. They might use it, they might not. Um but at least gives them that chance to look at it um, in slow motion and perhaps change the decision. Did I think Jim Goodwin was right to come out and, and claim that a, a player had conned the referee or a player had cheated? He knows he cannot do that. Yeah. That is not the right thing to do. He's an experienced manager. He knew there was going to be trouble mm. for that. I've also never understood the... Uh, for referee sees it on the pitch, mm. it's a yellow card simulation I think they call it right. yeah. but if if the SFA compliance offer yeah. was to see it it's a two game ban why? I don't understand that that's it's illogical it's a yellow card or it's not that's it's illogical illogical that's easy to it's fix it's a great debate there is a yeah. player in every team <laughs> capable of doing a, a sorry committing you know simulation dubious foul in a delicate area of the pitch it's a great we'll, debate we'll and, them. and we're looking we're Each looking club. at uh, we're going yeah. to be looking at this at VAR so yeah. if you're the VAR Leanne would you have given that as a, a foul a penalty? I think you would have reversed the decision if I'm honest after looking at it again See I think that's interesting because that's just your opinion the opinion of Another the referee uh, on the unless you're asking him to go over to the side of the pitch mm. and change it a lot of the games I do some games in England a lot you, you have to go over and you you know they're going to change their mind and I always think the man in the middle should be allowed to you know have the final say at all times I, I'm not convinced he has no too many people now that there's VAR in England well established <coughs> and it seemed to be going better for a while but I, I think that more and more people involved in it in Nirvana wherever they all want to they all want to have an influence on it but see if the referee sees it again I get that mm. surely it should be up to the referee Got to be, and it can't yeah. always be. Go go to the side of the pitch, and then yeah. you're, mm. you know, you you pretty much take the advice you're given. It's really interesting in the games you do down south, Paul, when it's Premier League, and you get to hear uh, the the VAR yeah. person. You don't get to hear the referee, but you get to hear the VAR. Uh, you know, Paul, you've maybe missed something. Go uh, to the monitor and check this. We're going to or or stop the play. We're looking at this potential. Don't know handball or potential serious foul play. It's really interesting to see how you know the timing of it all, and I'm sure this workshop mm -hmm. that you'll be going to Leanne as well before we we bring in the VAR. It'll be it'll be fascinating. Are you all going to a workshop? Yeah, yeah there oh. will be. There's yeah. got to be. Good, yeah. Yeah. We all have to be. We yeah. all have to be mm -hmm. schooled in Good. the. Yeah. you know what they're looking. What at. would you have done last night? Should it have been a yellow or a red for mm. the Ukrainian? For me, it was a red. I thought it was a yellow. I thought he got it right. Kenny Miller thought it was an orange. 
What's that one? What sort? I know what he meant in between the two, but there's a traffic light. No, he did. Yeah, apparently he did say that, didn't yeah. he? On Premier Sports. No, no. You, were on, you were on the beat. No, he did. Which he is interesting. It's in between the two. Yeah. yeah. I just oh, thought the, the force and the intent yeah. um, and that you had seriously looked to endanger your opponent, which mm-hmm. is what it looked we, like to me. We had VAR last night. I know, which I yeah, found yeah. really strange that, that, that yeah. it didn't look like there was a check on that, that at all. That's another aspect, Leanne, mm-hmm. that I think I've seen when you watch some games across Europe they don't tend to use VAR as much as we do when I say we I mean we in the UK and uh, I think the game's better for it and I don't mind controversy do you need to why do we need to get every decision apparently right Mm -hmm. Uh, you know controversy is a great thing in football the bit I th- last night I was on with Tom English um, doing the game and, and Tom works across rugby an awful he lot as well rugby, yep. um, and his opinion on it last night was that in rugby that would have been a red card last right. night because okay. of the height because of the intent um, there was no intent to play the ball that he'd endangered the opponent and again because rugby take the concussion um, a lot more seriously than we do in football mm. um, I found that really interesting yeah. Leanne, see if he'd sent him off I wouldn't have said oh that's outrageous mm. But I also, I, maybe I'm different. I come from a a standpoint where if you're the referee and you can... I know players are sometimes really stupid and they do daft things and mm. you need to send them off. But if you can keep it 11 v 11, I, I think that's a good thing. Just quickly, what I didn't like, the foul was given. Both players, uh, Adams received treatment. Yep. Both players were then asked to leave the pitch. Yeah. And the free kick was taken without Adams being allowed to come back onto the pitch. So... There was no advantage for Scotland and Outrageous. they had to take that attack yeah. and free kick without their central striker I, I rem- on the pitch. I remember commenting on that to the friends around me at the time. Come on, Andy, you, just you, red card them. Valerie you, Bondar, beat it. <laughs> you, don't to, you don't need to go off if yeah. your opponent's mm-hmm. been yellow card. tackle was cynical. Exactly. It could have seriously damaged them. Listen, if he'd been sent off, I, I wouldn't have yeah. said, oh, mm-hmm. that's outrageous. But I'm glad it was... Uh, you, no, I'm not glad about anything. No. You just go with the referee on the sure. field of play. Okay, yellow card to you, but not a red. Stay yeah. after the break. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland Thanks Chris, Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors Tomorrow night we'll be here as well Barry Ferguson, Peter Grant will join us Top two tomorrow night, top two tonight How many top twos can we have here? We've got them every night, Monday to Friday from five Here on the Go Radio Football Show So nobody really knew what was going to happen last night Leanne, your prediction? I know you're a very honest person What did you predict? I was really optimistic last night, genuinely Yeah, I thought Scotland would get a result I didn't think it would be as comfortable as it was But I certainly thought Scotland would do it Andy Walker? I'll be honest, I thought it was going to be a draw. Okay, yeah. That's what Peter Grant said last night. Barry said, no, I think Scotland will win. Maybe a goal in it, maybe two. It ended up 3-0. John McGinn scoring uh, and then a double from the substitute, Lyndon Dykes. But don't forget, Stuart Armstrong had some great chances as well. We'll speak about him. Um, Here's the manager then speaking about the game overall. No, I think performance first was a really good performance. Congratulations to the players. We we gave them a lot of information in a very short space of time. Most of it boring. Walkthroughs on the pitch, long meetings in the in the meeting room, but they took it on board and they they executed what we wanted to do well. It was a good game. It was a was an open game first half, not too many big chances, uh, but second half we just got on top of them a little bit, and eventually I think the first goal was always going to be crucial. Is it boring? Is it boring in these conference rooms a lot of the time, Leanne? Do you find when you're talking tactics? Um, it can be for players. Yeah, yeah I think at times there's a fine balance between. 
getting enough information and, and not overloading the players. Mm. Um, but I think they had to do it off the back yeah. of the, the summer. They had a lot to, to learn about themselves. They had a lot to look at. Um, and thankfully, whether it, it was boring or enjoyable or frustrating for the players, I, it, it seems to have worked. I don't know about you, Leanne, but I, I've spoken to international players who they would just switch off. Really? They yeah. knew they were playing. Yeah. And they would just go into a zone. <laughs> they know how, how they were going to play. Mm. They would react to players around them. I mean, you've got the basics of how you're going to play and, and maybe if there's something, you know, a bit different, then you would tune in. But any, anything long, anything longer than 10 minutes and you're struggling with some players, honestly. I was going to say, because media nowadays, can you get them off their phones during it, for example? I suppose they do. Our phones, yeah. are, phones are banned in, in those they? types of meetings and, and situations. I think you need to cater for every type of player now. I think that's the, the issue. You uh, get players that's a good are, point because are, there are some players who love detail. Yeah, Can't get enough of it. So, to the point that it baffles me at times because I was never a player that, that needed too much information nor did I want too much information because I think you can then overthink it. Um, whereas there is players that literally are... you know, I would sit in meetings at times internationally and, and, and I would have felt that we had covered a lot mm. And players would be saying, but we've not looked at this and I don't know how many shots that she has from outside the box and I don't know how many crosses they've put in from wide areas and I'm thinking, why would you want to know that? Um, but everybody's different, everybody wants something else that um, perhaps isn't there. So it, there's almost like a format now in a scouting report and the way you look at games and you analyse the, the opponent. Let's go to Doncaster now. One of the stories around today, I don't know if you've seen it or heard it, I heard it on Go Radio News, Doncaster City making an unusual Scottish Cup bid. This English side using an ancient treaty to fuel the dream of playing up here, potentially against Celtic or Rangers. And on the line now from Doncaster City is Josh. Josh, good evening, welcome to Go Radio. Good evening, how are we all? Yeah, good thanks. How's Doncaster? Um, it's just started raining. Um, right. Well, you're Scottish already. Yeah. We might be more Scottish already. <laughs> right. Do you like Do you like haggis? Let's just check first of all your credentials. Oh, I love it. I, three times a day. Three times a day. Iron brew. <laughs> Comes out my taps. <laughs> Comes out the taps. And what's the third one? Um, you choose. What's the third? Tunnock's caramel I've wafer. Josh, have we? There we are, Tunnock's Caramel Waver. <laughs> I saw Sir Boyd this afternoon, actually, at um, yeah the funeral of um, the late Willie Patterson, OBE, a great man, and, and Boyd Tunnock was there. So, okay, you're on, Josh. If we've uh, the Go Radio uh, dossier going to the SFA, we're supporting you. Come on, what's this all about? What chance have you got? And, and what's the route? What's the justification? Um, so, a couple of days ago, we replied to the SFA um, surrounding the, the facts, really. Um, so Doncaster was ceded to King David of Scotland in 1136 by King Stephen of England. Yeah. Um, and it was the first Treaty of Durham. And now the records show that it was never officially actually ever given back. So that is our pronged attack to the SFA, that we could still be part of Scotland. Right. Andy's one of the brighter who join us. That's not you, no. Leanne. I don't mean, I'm just looking. I'm one of the older ones, not as old as me. I, I, I'm impressed with oh. your historical uh, nori, yeah. uh, knowledge, uh, Josh, but this is not a gore, is it? You've got no chance, have you? Have you had any feedback at all from the SFA? Uh, now, we have people on the inside of the SFA that we, that we have mm -hmm. friends of the club. Um, and the conversation we have is that they like it, but obviously... Where it goes from there, we don't know. But why not? Are you hanging your hat on the Welsh teams that play in England? Maybe the 
English team that uh, plays in Scotland. Is that the route you're going down well, for there, justification? Well, there, well, there is uh, obviously Berwick Rangers and Tweedmouth Rangers who are geographically in England who play in Scotland. And there's also the one, the Welsh teams that you've said, uh, Cardiff, Swansea, Newport, who play in the English football system who are actually Welsh. So why not? Josh, would it only be for qualification for the Scottish Cup or would it be looking to, to try and enter into other leagues? Um, well, for now, we've only the, the, the letter that we sent to the SFA was just for the Cup uh, starting next season. I think it, I always think it's an interesting one, Paul, yeah. because for, for so long we've listened to Celtic Rangers, for example, talking about going to an Atlantic League, some sort of European League, joining the English League, uh, the English had a, a vote on it, I think, around the year 2000, and it was 20 to, to nil. Mm -hmm. No one's interested in... It's turkeys and Christmas, isn't it? it? They're not going to vote for it. Exactly. Yeah. And if you if we, if we we take it a step further and talk about cross-border, yeah. uh, it won't be that long before the Dutch clubs want to play mm -hmm. in Germany and the Portuguese clubs will want to play in Spain. Yeah. And you've then got UEFA losing control. And actually, you're dealing here with the SFA, you're de dealing with the English FA, Neither of them will want to do anything that will pit them against their uh, their paymasters. But Josh, is Mike Ashley involved? Because obviously hugely successful, uh, Sports Direct, Fraser's Group. And if Mike uh, puts his mind to it, he is a disruptor. Is he involved? Uh, obviously one of our sponsors is obviously Sports Direct on the front of our shirts. Um, and Sports Direct want to help out our local community. So one of our players... Um, he works for Sports Direct so that was the angle we came at I know there's a lot of questions regarding Mike Ashley but Sports Direct have done us a favour they've, they've um, paid for the kits the sponsor yeah. so it's helped for a local community club out as far as I'm concerned I know they get a lot of bad press but sure. How good are you Josh about your team what what level do you play at? Um, so we're playing in the Sheffield Hallamshire Division 2 and now the club only was founded in June so we accepted, we've got to start from the bottom up, but we're currently top of the league um, and we want to get as high as possible as soon as possible, like anyone would. What's the, what's the status, Josh, of the, the players? Is that a amateur? Are they paid players? Is it a kind of part-time model? Well, they're all local lads um, and they've all got the same goal. They're very ambitious, the same as all of the management team. So we're all pulling in one direction. But yeah, they are amateur, no one gets paid. And Josh then, so why you? If the SFA were listening, and many of the top people do listen into our show here from Glasgow, what would you say to them? You know, why you as opposed to other teams here in Scotland? Well, because we've been, we've been courageous enough to apply. Yeah. Um, now I think it should be open to everyone. Now, if he's good enough, then why not? And as opposed to having, because I know you're probably going to ask me next, what chances have you got? But it's a cup competition now. How many how many times have you seen like a serious underdog beat beat a sure. you know what I mean a higher placed team? Yeah, I, I think it's the oldest cup competition in the world, yeah. and I think the SFA will guard that jealously. And I don't know if they'll be open. Yeah. I, I have no idea how you're going to get on, yeah. Josh. But uh, listen, we wish you luck. I, yeah. I have no idea um, what what they'll say to you and what what reasons they might give for for a thanks, but no thanks. Listen, we, we we can only ask the question. Sure. Um, okay. as, as opposed to anything, really. So we've had quite a lot of co Scottish contingent started following us Twitter today. We've had quite <laughs> Good. A, we've had quite a majority of actual support from the Scottish side of things. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
be welcome at, at just for example, I know there was a Tyne Castle, we were working at Tyne Castle, stuff like that. So I'm just looking and at, I think, yep, on you go. go on. I was going to say, I'm looking at a picture of the Scottish Cup here, the oldest in world football. What are your colours? I'm just seeing uh, that there's blue and yellow on it at the moment. I think it was a mark of respect for Ukraine. What are your colours? Uh, we are light blue and white, so... Mm. Well, that should go okay. <laughs> that'll look good in the colours. Yeah, that'll look exactly. good in the cup. Uh, Josh, honestly, Josh. I think I might have seen some of your teams playing. I, I used to live in uh, Sheffield. I lived in uh, North Anston and... You know, we were around yeah. that Hallam area a lot and I used to go and take in a game on a, a Sunday. I, I might have come right. across you. Yeah. Have you been on the go for a while? Since no, no, we're on new. Ah, right. Yeah, they're new. Well, I've seen your, uh, I might have seen some of your competitors. Josh, we love a disruptor. Listen, thanks for joining us. We're disruptors as well. Over 2.1 million people have uh, downloaded this show. Great to speak to you, Josh. All the very best. We'll keep in touch. Thanks very much. Nice Thank, you. Thank you. Good luck, Josh. Service your existing car with us right now. And it's worth £500 off your next car. Yes, at Macklin Motors Toyota, we'll give you a £500 voucher off any of our brand new Toyotas when you book in for a service with our expert Toyota trained technicians. We even have complimentary courtesy cars available. So book your service now and get £500 off any new Toyota. Visit macklinmotors.co.uk or see us at Kennishead Road, Darnley. Macklin Motors, the new name for Toyota sales and servicing in Glasgow. Valid on services till 30th September. Excludes motability and fleet customers. One £500 voucher per vehicle purchased by 31st December. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go! And the news there on the tennis, Federer and Andy Murray. That would be a great double act. We've got Leanne Crichton and Andy Walker here for the next hour. We talked about him last night, so I'll not go tennis again tonight. But <laughs> is he the greatest ever Scott sportsman, sports person, would uh, you say, Leanne? He's certainly up there, isn't he? Um, I had the pleasure of watching him last week at, at the Emirates. I got along to some of the doubles that he played. Um, albeit he's, he's not at his best or, or where he was, but certainly that was the first time I had, I'd seen him in the flesh playing a match, um, which was just wow. incredible. What a sportsman he's been for Scotland. He's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But I was playing golf recently with Archie McPherson and he told me he's the greatest living Scotsman. Archie is. Archie is. Or, <laughs> not Andy. <laughs> Archie is amazing. <laughs> was he playing? Were you playing golf? Yeah. I was playing golf. Was the ball swimming yeah. yeah, away. Yeah, he's great. Archie is well. a legend. Yeah. Andy Murray was in town and uh, yeah, we're just talking about him there. And Feder, some great sporting stars. I wonder who the next generation will be. It's a pity we didn't do more with tennis and they got behind the country. Better facilities in the poorer areas. I mean, you heard it there on the news. The life expectancy of men and women here in Glasgow in some parts is 10 to 13 years behind the more prosperous areas and that's well, a real shame and I'm saying that this yeah. is the people's game football yeah. and it's so important we give them options get, anything yeah. to get you yeah. out and, and playing and exercising yep. it doesn't matter what level you're playing at it's all about the enjoyment and then uh, you know if you've got a natural skill for it you, you can take it further and I hear Hunter and Hockey on the business show which is back 11 till 12 on Sunday mornings and I heard them saying the best recipe for a person the best thing you can give them is a worthwhile job you know give them a job give mm -hmm. them that purpose pay them properly and then people then stay fitter and mental health Develop. and obviously you know, there's no yeah. point in us eating 
you know, drinking the, the iron brew, whatever, all day. But look after ourselves as well. Yeah. Leanne, that is important. A purpose. No, we don't do enough of that. Um, we don't educate enough either. Um, I was lucky enough this week, Paul, to be at a, a Young Ambassadors conference. I mentioned it to you earlier on. Yep. It's through Sports Scotland. And they run that initiative in, in schools in Scotland where they have these young ambassadors that are looking to try and engage within their communities, within their schools, trying to educate their peers, trying to get them engaged in sport, whatever that may be. And trying to increase the variety of sport as well because we, we probably pigeonhole a lot of kids. You know, there's a couple of sports, are you football, are you rugby? Maybe that doesn't suit you. Um, but I think just that level of, of exercise and nutrition, it then motivates you more to go on and find a, a good job and, and stick with it. And you become more employable as well. You know, if you've got a fit mind, um, a fit body, it makes you more stimulated. But um, it's damning to hear those, those statistics in, in terms of Scotland. Where was that today? Whereabouts were you? Tuesday it was. Oh, Tuesday, I was sorry. through in Sterling. In Sterling, yeah, yeah. through at the university. Um, so That's a great the, university for sport, isn't it? It is, yeah. It, it's excellent. I've been there a lot over my career and played mm. some games through there. Um, they have the institute programme that runs as well. But it's just great. So many brilliant kids as well. Andy, we just can't get enough young men, women, boys, girls playing football or whatever, you know, gymnastics yeah. or whatever. Try and stay as active for as long as is possible. Yeah. And, I, and I've got to say that all the clubs I've been at, the, the effort that they put into, you know, for players to go out into the mm -hmm. local community and send a positive message, it, it, it sometimes gets overlooked. Well, certainly when I was playing, we'd a... Uh, we were predominantly Scottish, a lot of Scottish yeah. guys. They would go to any school, any uh, sports centre, just to send a, try and send a, a positive message. And it's not about, you know, playing for Celtic or Rangers in the end. It, it, it's about, as Leanne just said there, having a, uh, you know, a better lifestyle, mm. uh, you know, eating healthily. If you can, I know it's difficult. I know the circumstances in some families is really challenging. But if you can get a, you know, a fit mind and a fit body, I think that's a, a great uh, way to look at it. You're much more employable. The model we've tried to bring in, Paul, at Motherwell, and I've probably mentioned before with our academy, is preschool training, which is a lot of the European models have that as well. Getting kids in preschool, you know, they're in at seven o'clock, they train, then they go to school, then you're maybe back out later on for another couple of hours. But it allows you that option of multi-sports as well. You know, for a lot of people in Scotland, it's about facilities and resources. Um, for a lot of kids, it's about travel and actually having parents and guardians that can take you to these clubs. So again, it's that word accessible, making things accessible for kids and ticking as many boxes as we possibly can to get kids fit and active. Um, I know how much it's played a part in my life and, and the work ethic that I've had and it's about remaining fit and remaining healthy and always being mentally stimulated and a good place to perform. I can remember doing some coaching for the SFA at the Adelphi Centre oh, a lot of years ago, maybe more than 20 years ago. Yeah. And um, some of the kids there had really challenging backgrounds. Yeah. I mean, they had parents who had uh, issues and challenges yeah. with, mm -hmm. with alcohol and with yeah. drugs. And, you know, the, actually going home wasn't a safe environment mm -hmm. and they would be staying out to, to all hours. Yeah. And uh, that's very difficult to manage. I'm sure you've come across... Absolutely, uh, children like that, boys and girls who, my goodness, they've they're, they're struggling for role models. So um, you know anything like that where you can go out and send a a positive message, it's it's amazing 
uh, the transformation it mm -hmm. can bring to some people. And don't underestimate the effect you can have as personalities mm -hmm. with sporting mm -hmm. backgrounds, big ones, to come to schools or whatever. I love that idea that they go in early because we know that gymnasts and swimmers go out really early to use the local swimming pool. But I, I know you mentioned before, I don't think many people realise that. You could use the facilities around the schools, yeah. get the kids in earlier, just change the lifestyle. We don't have to sit and watch the telly at night time till too late or stay on there. I know they don't go on the telly anymore. They'll be on their iPads and things. Give them things to do. No, Oh, that's it there's a lot yeah. of kids as well as Andy mentioned that are desperate to get to school because their home life is turbulent sure. um, you know, and, and they do struggle so get them to school early get them active get food in their tummies as well so important as well I don't think there's enough of that I think um, we try and do some but we can always do more you know getting um, the right message across to these kids giving them a safe place to come and perform um, I think we can always do more Okay the kids hopefully went off with a, a bit of a spring in the step this morning because the national team, Scotland, won <laughs> last night. The men's 3-0 against Ukraine. I don't think any of us thought it was going to be 3-0. Here's the manager speaking about that performance. No, I think performance first was a really good performance. Congratulations to the players. We, we gave them a lot of information in a very short space of time. Mostly boring. Walkthroughs on the pitch. Long meetings in the, in the meeting room. But they took it on board and they, they executed what we wanted to do well. It was a good game. It was, a, it was an open game first half. Not too many big chances. Uh, but second half, we just got on top of them a little bit. And eventually, I think the first goal was always going to be crucial. That goal from John McGinn well into the game in the second half. Uh, Nathan Patterson had gone off injured. And then a double from one of the substitutes, Lyndon Dykes. But we keep saying Shea Adams did a great job earlier on softening up. I and mean, he uh, tired out, I think, a lot of the Ukrainian defenders. Next up, uh, Republic of Ireland on Saturday. I'd rather, without being disrespectful, I'd rather play San Marino. No, no, listen, it's, it's, it's just another game. It's a game that, that we have to rest. Obviously, the Irish have got a clear week preparation. So it's the most important thing for us is to go away, assess again what we did tonight well, look at the, the way the Irish play because they play a different system and decide the best way to play the game at the weekend and hopefully we can have a similar performance and, a, and certainly a similar result. Surely we needed games anyway, didn't we? We had to start playing again, get the team back together. Yeah, get over the disappointment yeah. of the the losing out to the World Cup. I think that that hung around for for a while, and that's all you can do: get the players back, get them playing, uh, try and feed off the energy of the crowd. I think we both recognised last night before the game, no one really knew quite what to expect from the Scotland team after that horrible performance over in in Dublin, and. Um, we, we turned it around, we got them back on side and that was a really healthy crowd last night. It's brilliant, isn't it? Not Great that many years ago it would be, what, 17, 18,000? Yeah. yeah, it has certainly mm. brought them back. I mean, it, it was a disappointment not to follow up the mm. qualification for the Euros with the same with the World Cup, but, you know, this is why the Nations League is so important. We're playing against uh, countries of a, a similar stature. We, we can beat them, whether it's home or away. And... Um, yeah, it's really important we keep it going with another win at the weekend. Leanne, now, Ireland could hardly buy a win, couldn't they, until they met us in the summer. What kind of team are we up against on Sunday, Saturday evening? Well, they'll take a lot of confidence from the, the results, certainly in June. Um, but I don't think Scotland have got anything to fear because I don't think Ireland could believe how poor Scotland were mm. um, back in the summer. It was very different last night. They'll be looking at that scoreline and thinking, you know, they've learned their lesson. Um, I'm sure they'll be on their guard in, in terms of the home crowd and, and how the game might feel in comparison to that one. Certainly Scotland will have an enormous amount of confidence heading into the, the match as well. And 
for the looks of things other than, than Patterson most players will have come through unscathed and, and ready to go and they should be desperate for a start in Jersey as well the players that have come on uh, and played their part last night as well Fraser, Dykes um, then the players Adams you know Armstrong the likes that went off that had chances that would be super disappointed that they didn't take them um, but I think it'll be a very different game um, and very different performance than what we've seen in June Here's someone on the line who called us last night on the way to the game a great uh, Scottish football supporter and writer John John Bleasdale's on with his boy Callum last night John you got it right Yeah I, I, well, I got it right in terms of the fact Scotland won but I think Callum was close in terms of um, the score he predicted 2-0 and it ended up 3 so he was the, the master He was indeed <laughs> What did you make of it last night then? So the atmosphere first of all was a wee bit tentative as Leanne and uh, Andy who were both there were saying I think that's fair to say certainly first half you know it felt a wee bit Flat, I think, and I think the June performance is obviously um, attributed to that. Um, but I was surprised to see the the formation change, um, you know, to the four two three one. It turned out to be a, a pleasant one. It suited the players, especially mm-hmm. McTominay. You know, that was his best performance in Scotland jersey in my eyes. He showed some of the form that he's sh- he shown for Man U in that position. Um, I mean, first half it was. I mean, we were slightly the better team without creating too much, but not being um, troubled at the same time. But second half, that performance was as good a Scott mm-hmm. performance as, as I've ever seen, to be honest. They were absolutely tremendous. And, um, you know, um, you wondered if the goal was coming. And then when it did, there was just no looking back for us. And it was a, a dominant display and a, a well-deserved win. Andy? Yeah, I think there was just so many positive aspects. I, I don't think you can look at any Scotland player who didn't uh, not only give their all, but didn't contribute to to the way the game was going and when eventually we got on top I mean there were times when uh, Mudria uh, I mean his burst of pace was getting him to the byline but we defended well and then when we got on top of the game and especially in the second half the amount of pressure that we put on them I mean the goal was coming and the fact that we got one what late on and then we added another couple uh, I, I think it was a 3-0 game it looked it looked that way and so often when you go to Scotland you wonder if we'll scrape a, a 1-0 victory it was it was a goal that was coming and we, we deserved to get a, a couple of late goals as well it actually could have been five or six yeah. uh, and you couldn't have argued with it the, the chances that Scotland had I think in space of ten minutes they maybe had about seven really good chances in the second half which you don't often see um, but I just loved the momentum that gathered after the first goal because it can go one of two ways where you, you maybe get nervous and you look to try and see the game out but I just thought the energy on the pitch by that point the energy in the stadium was carrying um, the momentum the substitutions that Steve Clark made kept Scotland on the front foot and you could see that they were desperate for a second goal and, and literally just before they scored the second um, I think my words were that a second goal was coming because you could just feel it um, and the chances that you create it takes a lot of character as well because they miss some good chances and at times that can knock the confidence and, and perhaps you feel like it's going to be one of those nights but it was a different looking Scotland side last night they had a real belief about what they were trying to do and as Steve Clark said they executed the game plan spot on You've got I mean you go up against Ireland you're up against Obafemi you're up against Troy Parrott um, guys that scored against us in, in June uh, they'll fancy their chances against us will they even yeah, after last night after yeah. them beating us they'll yeah. want to travel to Glasgow and think let's do this again but I think it's also an Irish team in, in transition and you know trying to find the, the, the best blend and I just hope we can I mean it's a it's a British type game it's a UK type uh, atmosphere and uh, I think they'll be going right at it and 
uh, yeah, let's hope we can get some sort of revenge. John, same kind of team tomorrow night uh, for Saturday night. Do you think what would you do if you were choosing the lineup? Obviously, no Nathan Patterson, David Turnbull not in the squad. We discovered an ankle knock. What would you be doing? I would only uh, make the one change, and that would obviously be Hickey for Patterson. Um, yes, London Dykes has um, you know, staked a great claim by coming on and scoring two goals, two terrific headers. But sometimes I wonder if he's better off as an impact player. You know, have Adams yeah. um, be the one that um, you know runs the defence down and tire them out, and then that'll create space for Dykes later on. What we certainly need to do in this game and on Saturday, forget what happened in Dublin. Dublin was an awful performance, um, but player for player. We are pretty much a better side than this island side, with all due respect. That didn't show in the June game, I know, but um, there was reasons behind why we were poor that day. We've got momentum now. Let's go out on Saturday, all guns blazing, and get this game put to bed early because we're capable of um, beating Iron by a couple of goals. Couple yeah. of goals? No, I would yeah. agree. I would agree. Um, I don't know if I would probably dis- disagree, John. Um, I would maybe go with Dykes. I think just the fact that he gives you that aerial threat from set pieces, I think, is so important at any level. I think that could be huge on Saturday again. Um, that was where the two goals came from last night and at really important points in the game. And I think Ireland are, are defensively and eerily strong. They carry a threat as well. So I think Dykes is another player that gives you that both offensively and defensively. Other than that, no complaints. I don't think any player could argue um, whether they start on Saturday or they don't. The impact players that come off the bench, the players that played ever so well that started. I think, as I say, there's a real feel-good factor about the group and, and absolutely they, they should have that and they've got to carry that into Saturday and they, they must start the game well. They must start the game in the front foot. Andy, here's what Stevie Clark said a little bit more about Ireland. We go away, we rest, we recover, we get ready for a tough game against the Republic of Ireland at the weekend. Obviously, we went out there in, in the summer and we didn't do ourselves justice and we want to do ourselves justice on Saturday. Fire in the belly a bit more because they embarrassed us? Is that too strong? No, I think they did embarrass us, that's fair enough. And use that word, you know, I think uh, you know players don't like to hear that type of uh, adjective you know, used against them. Might spur them on to... Uh, to greater things but uh, they've got a couple of players is it Bazunu the goalkeeper he was signed for close to 20 million he's uh, Southampton's number one I know Shane Duffy's not missed a game under um, Stephen Kenny Stephen Kenny but Mm -hmm. uh, he's not in it at the moment but they've got Egan who's got good experience at at, uh, Sheffield United Matt Doherty Um, but most of the guys are from the championship and I think that's when when you look now at our um, starting 11 for Scotland we've got Scottish players with Champions League experience mm-hmm. we've got players that are playing at the highest level in England in the Premier League and John I heard uh, John McGinn saying that he said we've got top players here almost as if we don't quite realise I think it's everyone maybe we're just a little bit too reserved at times John what do you think? I don't think there's a doubt we've got a good squad I mean um, we've, we've seen that over the last couple of years I mean June was obviously a black it was mitigating circumstances that there were certain players went into that June campaign off form. We were also without Tierney, who in my eyes is uh, our best one. He proved that again last night. Um, and we do have some good players and we just need to show that, show a wee bit more, more belief. But I was glad that Clark was um, flexible enough to change the formation to a yeah. 4 2 one which I think works for certain games. You know, we don't always have to go with the three. And it, the three doesn't work um, if Tierney's not in it. But um, yeah, it was interesting we made that change last night and it threw up a new debate Tierney Robertson, when Robertson comes back, do we go back to the three again or do we stick with the four? I personally would stick with the four and Andy Robertson's got to fight for his place. That's my thoughts. Wow. Leanne Crichton? Yeah, we spoke about that again um, 
last night I think it's always a debate that you look at for me I think you look at other nations take England for an example for years they tried to get all their best players in, in England sides especially in midfield and it didn't work for them um, I think it, 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 at some point you look at the brilliant fullbacks that we've now got at Scotland so many knocking on the door both right side and left side um, the Tierney Robertson thing rumbles on I think at times you can play a back five because it suits it but you need to have the, the central three as your three best defenders. I don't think you can accommodate Scott McTominay in a back line um, because that defeats the purpose for me in a back three. Um, that essentially, you want to have your best defenders. The two of them are top players. <laughs> but what we've probably been lucky now is that you, you rarely have them available at the same time um, and you don't need to shoehorn them yeah. into certain games. I, but absolutely, if it means that one of them needs to sit on the bench at times because it doesn't fit the team and it doesn't fit the system or who you're playing against, that might need to happen. Live with it. I, yeah. I'm not sure he would do that no. I, I think he would use the experience that Kieran Tierney's got at Arsenal and he's played in a back three at Arsenal and Andy Robertson's your captain I don't think you're going to drop your captain and I think if if Andy Robertson's fit if Kieran Tierney's fit I think Steve Clark will find a way to, to get them in the team and most probably that will be a, a back three a back five however you want to put it but it depends where you're playing Leanne yeah. you know you got away from home and you're we're not embarrassed to not have a lot of the ball yeah. as, as long as we can defend well and we, we take our chances with a bit of pace on the break and, uh, you know, uh, we can play that way. We've got options. And I think it's right for Steve Clark to highlight the fact that, I mean, these players are international players and they are playing at a really good level. Mm -hmm. They do play in different systems. There's a, mm -hmm. there's a flexibility about their, you know, wh what they see happening on the pitch and they mm -hmm. just react. So it's not, we're, we're not very, I don't think we're very rigid in our formation, whatever happens. Look at what happened in the second half last night. We had fullbacks that were almost playing as, as wingers and, yeah. you know, getting crosses into the box. We were, we were so far ahead that it looked as though it was only going to be a matter of time before we got that breakthrough. Could Kieran yeah. Tierney play left of a back four? left centre-back of a back four, Andy. And could you answer that after the break? And John, before you go, should that have been a red card or a yellow card? <laughs> what do you think? Well, I saw, I saw that incident again today because it happened at the other end for me. Yeah. But I, um, I think there's no doubt it's a red card. As someone pointed out in Twitter, that's not even a last-man debate. That's just blatant assault. Um, but this is a good month for the national team, both men's and women's, because in two weeks today, you've got the Women's uh, World Cup playoff against Austria. Um, a lot of things to look forward to this month and let's keep the momentum going we're going to have to take a break we're going to come back on that John thanks for calling we really appreciate it and well done young Cam did he get up okay for uh, school I nearly said work did he get up okay for <laughs> maybe it is work send him out of work you're yeah. a bit of a slave driver was he okay this morning yeah he, yeah, he was good he was good. up for work um, yeah, and, and I'll take the baby bar so he was great fantastic <laughs> thanks John The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland Let's go, 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 go. Some breaking news a few a couple of fixtures changing let's go to Sky Sports uh, headquarters <laughs> Andy's just checking here now a couple of the games are changing in the coming weeks yeah a couple of Rangers games yep. away from home St Johnson Rangers which is on Sky at midday on Sunday November the 6th and then the following week on the Saturday November 12th it's uh, St Mirren Rangers and that's a half 12 kick off and 
Of course, we all know right. how well St. Simon played against Celtic last weekend. Danger, so danger. Be a couple, yeah. of, couple of good games to look forward to. We were talking last night about some of the difficult away grounds, you know, Petordre or Livingston or whatever, and we said uh, the new Love Street, the Smyzer Stadium as well. So that's the six for the St. Johnson game. Rangers will be playing there. And then the 12th. Saturday the 12th. The 12th as well. Thank you, Andy. Uh, that's life now, isn't it? The games change. And then just a few days later, it's uh, the World Cup, isn't it? Those are the last games, certainly, around about the 12th, mm-hmm. 13th yeah, before then. Be. Uh, it's going to be really strange, isn't it? You wonder what effect it's going to have uh, on, on the league, on the leagues, all the leagues. No, it'll be interesting um, because there'll be teams coming up to that point that will be either in a, a good run of form or a poor run of form and it might play out one way or the other. You know, some of them might be looking for it. Um, injuries and whatnot can, can pile up at that stage of the season. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they can back out the other side of it. You know, will it kill the momentum? Uh, it's a strange thing. You know, it won't. It certainly hasn't happened before. Uh, hopefully it doesn't happen again. Um, but only time will tell. We mentioned there before we were talking about there was a question you were putting to Andy just Kieran before Tierney. the break about Kieran Tierney. Yeah, could he? Do you play, want to run it again to Could, him? He, could yeah. he play left centre back in a, a back four? I'm sure or, he could. Or would, would you play him there? I, I would play a, a three. I think Robertson going forward is good, but then again, it depends on your opposition. I think you've always got to be aware of what the, your opponents can offer. Where, where are their strengths? And um, I, I'm a bit like Steve Clark in so much as I've got a guy who's won the Champions League, played in another couple of Champions League finals. He's captain of Liverpool. Um, would I leave him out to play Kieran Tierney? Absolutely not. And I would, I would try and find a place for for Kieran Tierney as well. What about the women's with the World Cup coming up? Qualification six of October, I think, is our, our next yeah. game. Yeah, yep, Austria, Austria that John mentioned there. Um, what do we think? We've been we've been disappointing, haven't we? Uh, having the women's, uh, you've done so well. You get many of the caps then, and we've just gone off the boil in the last couple of years. Yeah, well, we missed out in the the Euros yep. campaign and, and qualification for that, which was a tough one um, to have to sit through that. Which again is what the guys are going to need to do for this World mm. Cup. You still need to sit and watch it happen and except the fact that you're not there and you're not part of it, which can add fuel to the fire in terms of this qualification in the Nations League makes that so important. But the women come up against Austria on the 6th. If they win that, they'll then go into the, the final playoff against Republic of Ireland, uh, which will be a, a really yeah. tough game as well. But two huge games and, and certainly ones that the players will, will embrace. They're in a better run of form now. They've looked a much more complete side. Um, Pedro Martinez-Losa, mm-hmm. he's got his message across. He's got his players playing the way that he wants them to play. You like the way he's developing the team? Yes. Rebuilding. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. looking looking more like uh, their old selves. Some of their top players now starting to perform. You know, Caroline Weir was one that I worried yeah. about for a period in time. I just didn't think he was getting the best out of her. Um, but she looks more like her old self and she's got the, the move to Real Madrid in the summer as well, which wow. I'm sure is helping yeah. um, her as well. A bit of sunshine over there. And have you spoken them. to her about it? I've not yeah. actually. I'm, I'm hoping to catch up. We'll maybe have her on the podcast um, in the next Great. couple of months as well. Give her a call in the next few minutes, Andy. Zero, zero, one, whatever it is <laughs> to on. Madrid. Yeah. Um, yeah. but no the player, players are looking good you know and you've just got to embrace it Austria are a side that we've beat previously we've had some tough tough games against them the playoff route is never easy though Paul and Andy you'll know as well the, the guys it gets tougher because you end up with some of the, the better teams that, that drop into the playoffs as well um, in Republic of Ireland if you get through the Austria game are a, a side really on the up just now they've improved a hell of a lot over the last couple of years so um, but I've got every belief that the players can do it 
Andy, it would be brilliant, wouldn't it? Because we were in the wilderness for years for the men's game. We were yeah. then, you know, Euro 2020 and 21, we were there. And it was the women a few years before under Shelley Kerr had done so well. And we, it would be great to get both the men and the women competing yeah, in you, these tournaments. You want to see the growth of that sport. You want to give uh, young girls who are at school the opportunity as much as uh, young lads aspire um, to, to be footballers. I mean, no one's ever spoken about a young girl at school. What do you want to be? You want to be a footballer? I mean, that, that's not going to happen. Well, you've got the opportunity now because I'm sure you're frustrated, Leanne, at the the speed of progress is maybe not as quick as you want it to be, but there's undoubtedly been progress. And uh, I know you're maybe frustrated about investment and all the rest of it, but I think that will come in time. And uh, it, it's just... It's great to have these role models that are Absolutely. serving Scotland so well. No, we're getting there. We are getting there. I think like anything in Scotland, we undersell ourselves mm -hmm. a lot. We undersell our game an awful lot and, and probably the women's uh, game is certainly un, you know, underselling itself to a degree as well. Uh, more interest now, more media coverage, better sponsors, now in line with the, the SPFL, which I think will be good for the game and the growth of the game. Um, England winning the Euros in the summer. Um, as Scotland fans, we might not love that. But I think for British football, it will be astronomical in terms of the change. And it's creating more jobs for players as well. You know, if you leave school and you go and take up a, a university degree that takes you four or five years and there's no jobs at the end of it, why would you Why would you ever embark in, in that, you know, study? Um, football's the exact same. Why would you apply yourself at academy at first team level to never have a job at the end? I did it, my generation done it, but they, sh they shouldn't need to continue to do it. So more money in the game, more investment, more growth, more coverage, more visualisation, um, but the game's in a good place. Who is the ambassador, apart from you, and there are some, you mentioned Caroline Weir, Rachel Corsi, is there somebody in the business side here for Scottish football, for the women's game at the SFA who said, I'm really going to be a disruptor, seems to be my word tonight. <laughs> somebody who's going to come in and shake it up and people go, wow. Fiona McIntyre is, yeah. is taking up a new position with the SPFL mm. not exactly sure what her actual official title will be but Fiona's been excellent she's worked it in head of women's and girls football mm. she's had, had other jobs previous to that with SWF and she's a real driving force just now and you need somebody like that you need somebody that's got good relationship skills as well Andy because you know how important communication is to be in there to be able to knock on doors to be able to ask difficult questions but to also advocate, you know, for the for the people that perhaps don't have voices, and, and Fiona certainly doing that from what I can see. And the more we can get um, on board with it, the better. And and the other thing is, you and I have spoken about it a lot, Paul, over the years. Just facilities, mm -hmm. and you know, if you can invest in facilities, I mean, if I had my time again as a footballer, I would just practice more. Would so you? The, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would. I would practice more. How much did you practice then? Before? I did practice a lot when I was just an amateur, and you know, when you are playing for the school team you maybe played well I played for another couple of teams of a weekend so I was Saturday morning Saturday afternoon mm. eh, and Sunday but it was all organised yep. and yeah. of course you need these great volunteers that give up their time and and they dedicate themselves to, to running a team and looking after a, a group of young boys hopefully a group of young girls as mm. eh, Leanne's eh, talking about there but um the best thing you can do is is practice and we need better facilities not just for uh, young boys for for all of us just to to be uh, to be better players tell you who's a great voice for women's football down south shaban littlejohn 
Yeah. Shaban's great. When we hear her on, we know it's another channel, but I've got Gary Marshall on in the morning here and I hear her on at times with Simon Jordan and Jim White. Coming up against them, you've got to be on, on the boat and she really is and she's so passionate. I know her sister plays for Ireland, uh, but Shaban is a great voice for, for the women's game. She is, she is. She's all over it. She has been for a number of years mm. now. Um, great person She's a good as player, well. was she? Have you played <laughs> against her? <laughs> I played her sister, Russia. Yeah, we yeah. played together at, at Glasgow City. Um, she's a top player. Um, she's been down in England for some time now and is doing really well she's at Aston Villa this season I think alongside Rachel Corsi so she's got that you know insight as well Shaban sees it she knows how hard Russia has worked as well her partner um, Katie McCabe also um, she's Ireland captain so Shaban knows how tough and how hard it is for these players to make their way in the game and, and to have their voices heard and she certainly does advocate is a word that I use when you've got that platform to use like I do as well and many other females in the game you need to use it. You need to get your message across. Can I give you my favourite player? Of course. Uh, Colette Cavanagh, she used to play with him. She got a move to Rangers. Rangers. And Colette is a beautiful person. She uh, she helped out a, a family that I know really yeah. well. She was, a, she was a special friend to a young girl who was having uh, some difficulty. And Colette went way out of her way to, to be a really good friend. And I know she was on the bench the other night. At, she was to the uh, Rangers-Benfica game but um, hoping it's going to work out well for her there I know they just lost out 3-2 so Colette Cavanagh you know her yeah I know her I know yeah. her well I actually bumped into her a couple of weeks back um, she's done really well get that move to Rangers as, as well could be huge for her uh, in terms of her career nice to see and hear about the personal stories as well so good for her you know going you above going and beyond you're going to bump into her this weekend you might she be she might be on the, on the pitch yeah. on Sunday um, Mother, I'm not you're, sure you're, I'll, you're playing Rangers yeah we yeah. do we play Rangers which is maybe a good time to get them in between um, yeah. their well, European I matches had, I had my picture taken with Colette the PFA Awards night she Sorry, was there yep. at the end of last season mm -hmm. and uh, I was I was uh, with uh, uh, a friend of the family and Fantastic. Uh, it was great yep. to see her there oh, brilliant so where is the game this weekend Broadwood it's at Broadwood yep. yeah 4 o'clock kickoff on Sunday Sunday yep so that be uh, Rangers against Motherwell I know you're enjoying life there but you said there you might not be playing are you on no, the bench maybe no I've had maybe? an injury yeah. call through right. um, it yeah. stopped me kind of doing pre-season which has been lost her form frustrating lost form too many young ones <laughs> coming through now knocking on the door um, I'd probably be kept out the team anyway because the midfield in particular have been um, exceptional yeah. this season we've recruited really well in that department so um, surplus to requirements but we'll maybe get the boots on at some point this season Good luck this weekend. We'll tell you more tonight or tomorrow about all the games on because it's the international, we'll not call it the break anymore, will we? We're into it. Scotland winning 3-0 last night. Um, Celtic losing 2-0 at the weekend, but they're top of the table. Two points ahead of Rangers. And Rangers uh, had the two-goal hero. It was Antonio Cholak. He spoke afterwards about, yeah, being back in the race. I'm not saying they were out the race, but they were five behind. And uh, what's the effect of the international break? Here's Cholak. We had a lot of games for now um, with the qualifications, now Champions League, the league, of course, we have to keep every game on, on the highest level to compete on the best level uh, we can. And um, now we have time to, to refresh, to relax a little bit, um, yeah, to clear our mind a little bit after to be with full energy to come back. And then, as I said, uh, to work on the details, to yeah, make our game better because we want uh, to be always on the top. And uh, this is our motivation and our will uh, for the upcoming future. Been a good signing and a necessary signing for Rangers, isn't he? Because there's no Kemar Roof. I know he's maybe back to fitness soon. Roof's away. Morelos had his problems yeah. with attitude and fitness, which was a really strange one. He's getting back to maybe near his best, but I still think he needs another one. Mm -hmm. Cholak picked up an injury. 
And it just uh, just his, his situation, his contract situation, Morelos, I just don't understand why Rangers have allowed him to run his contract down. And I know he's got the option of uh, signing at any time, but he could also go and sign for another club in January. And last year, the year before, the year before that, uh, the, he, he was he was worth a lot of money to Rangers. But with every passing week, you, it, it seems to be that that value is diminishing. Love is blind. The Rangers fans, they adore him, despite the fact he's missed two Champions League campaigns, more or less, you know, mm. last year. And he's hardly featured this year. Is he back soon, do you think, as a, as a starter? I think Rangers fans will be hoping because I think Rangers are a, a better side when, mm. when he's in it and he's performing well. But for the best part of, what, seven, eight months now, he, he's not been anywhere near it. You know, he was missing for the most part of that European campaign last season. I said it the other week, he, he's he's rarely featured for Van Bronckhorst, really, uh, in the big games. He's been unreliable. And that as a teammate is is not something that you want or that you can count on. So it must be tough, you know, to have him there and for him to be you know, partly available, but just never firing in all cylinders. And as Andy says, it's a strange situation with the contract situation. Ryan Kent, another one, you know, that the contract is able to run down because financially, again, it could have been a real win bonus for Rangers if they were to cash in at any point. But also if there's no other options or they're not looking to go anywhere, why would you not sign the contract if you're Alfredo Morelos? And nobody's in for them, as far as we know. You know there have been, hasn't been a queue of people banging down the door. Two years ago, Leeds were in. Yeah, yeah, I think a couple of years ago there was serious, serious, yeah. bid, serious money for mm. Ryan Kent, but Rangers chose to, to keep him, maybe wanted a bit more, maybe trying to squeeze a, mm. a few extra million out of the English and Leo, club that we're looking Leo at. Leo for Morelos, as you know well, as well. Leo, uh, 12 million. Am I right in saying that uh, Morelos had actually agreed terms with them, but uh, Rangers mm. as a club hadn't yeah. agreed a fee with, uh, with Leo? Mm. Uh, for for the transfer, so that all fell through. And to be fair to Morelos, his his attitude after that was good. He came back and he he started scoring goals. But I don't know what happened uh, with that injury that he had had for. I think it was in March, February, March. He picked that up and obviously not coming back ready for the start of a new season. When when all your games, your important games that define your season, they're at the start of the, the campaign, the Champions League qualifiers, and he was. He wasn't there, but thankfully for Rangers, Cholak was, and he, he did the business. It flies in the career, doesn't it? You know, you're early 30s now, but you're, you're talking about the past. Andy's talking about he wished he'd practised more. And the talent that guy's got, Alfredo Morelos, some of it's wasted. You're kind with the early 30s, Paul. Thank I'll take that right enough. <laughs> Mid-30s, I guess. But no, you're right. You know, yeah. And at times, you players will look back and, and they will live with regrets. And, and that would be the advice as a player. Do everything that you possibly can to be the best both on and off the pitch every single day in your career because whether it's long or short you need to give it your best go and I don't think Alfredo Morelos does that often enough The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland Thank you Chris take it easy as you head home it's uh, what's 13 and a half minutes to 6 Leanne Crichton Scottish International former Scottish International but still currently with Motherwell Andy Walker former Celtic we're going through the whole list again I know you've got a big list as well well. that that could take us right up till 7 Paul if you start now right up to the break (laughs) thank you very much Andy uh, great to have lots of good feedback coming in tonight and the great advice you're giving young people about looking after yourselves enjoying it enjoy the sport whatever it is 
train hard, enjoy it. It's great for the mind, great for the body. Um, and at the same time, we've just asked them during the break to choose their Scotland team for this weekend. It's Ireland at Hamden, the evening kickoff. I wish it was a bit earlier, Andy, or am I havering? Uh, <laughs> Saturday yes, you're afternoon. good at that. You're good at havering. Havering, I yep. think you are. <laughs> you don't care when it is, do you? Yeah. Yep. 7.45, I think, on Does it bother you, Leanne? No, it'll be no. good though on Saturday, won't it? Under the lights, gets fans along, gives them time to get to the game. Yes, it's a late one. Um, hopefully most folk can be entitled to a long line Sunday and they bring the atmosphere. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to it. We're going to get your teams in a moment or two. Before the break, we had uh, Antonio Cholak speaking about the international break after Rangers win. And uh, Joe Hart, well, 75 caps for England, one of the top keepers. What a season he had last year at Celtic. And it continues this year. Um, he'd only lost one goal before Sunday. Lost two at St Mirren. I don't think it was down to him at all. So this was his reaction afterwards. We're real poor today. I think we've got to hold our hands up. But we're on it more often than we're not. And like you say, it's, it's tough. It's frustrating. But... Um, that doesn't define us just like when we win 9-0 or that doesn't define us our hard work will stay the same um, and we're going to keep pushing Always good to get 9-0 in probably if you've had a defeat what's the next steps? We learn from it and we and we move on just like you know you can't be too emotional when you win you can't be too emotional when you lose it wasn't through us not representing properly we, we put ourselves out there we just you know, we got frustrated by a team that took their chances today and, and, and played a strong game. We're going to look forward and we're going to look to win the next games that are coming. Andy, nobody else in the league, apart from Rangers, could win the title. I think we'd all agree. Mm. But St Mirren showed you, you can beat these teams. Yeah, games are difficult and you have to admire the way St Mirren went about their business. And, um, you know, I, I thought they were one of the teams that might have been, you know, struggling around the relegation area. Mm -hmm. I saw Motherwell at the start of the season thought the same about them St Johnston I certainly didn't see Dundee United struggling at, at this stage of the season it's still so so long to go of course but uh, St Mirren will get a, an enormous boost not just from uh, the way uh, the three points but the way they won them They've been desperate to, to push their way into the, the top six as yeah. well St Mirren for a, a couple of seasons now it's been spoken about but no, they'll take a, a hell of a lot of confidence from that. Um, not only the result, but the performance as well. The fact that they can adapt to playing against that level of opponent. Uh, I, I seen Celtic as being invincible a couple of weeks ago. I genuinely thought it would uh, only be Rangers that could possibly um, beat them, you know, and take points from them. But that's football, you know, and, and credit to St Mirren. I don't think they'll, they'll, they'll not lose many. No. And yep. uh, you would think Rangers won't lose many either. So these uh, Celtic Rangers games are mm. pretty crucial. Andy, what do you think about the rotation at Celtic? You know, the players that came in, likes of Moy, um, Turnbull, do you think you'll, you'll see them as often now? Or do you think Ange Postacoglu, who's maybe thought, can't really yeah. rotate as much as I thought I could? Earlier this season, I thought, Hatati or Turnbull, uh, whoever mm. plays, I don't think you'll... I mean, you've got a great goal scoring threat from from Turnbull mm -hmm. I've seen that so often since he's moved from Motherwell uh, Hatati has been magnificent maybe sometimes just uh, has ran his course after 60-70 minutes but um, the Aaron Moy I, I like him but uh, he didn't do himself justice coming in from the start he, he has been much more effective coming off the bench and we've all we've always highlighted just how strong the, the Celtic bench is I still think there's a, a, a place and a and a regular team for uh, Yakumakis. I think he's got a terrific attitude. It remains to be seen what Abdulgard will do. Yeah. Um, Haksabanovic, 
what is he going to do? He didn't do much at the weekend, but I, th- I still think he, he's got something to offer. And I think that is a difference, Paul. The strength and depth that Celtic have, despite making those changes and it didn't work, I, I still think their, their squad is much stronger than Rangers. And getting the game time may be the issue. Because, you know, Turnbull, you were right, Turnbull, Hatati, there was nothing much between them. Um, Moy, a lot's been said about him. He's play- Ralston. Mm-hmm. But if you're not playing, it must it must be difficult. I know. And then Welsh um, hadn't played for a while. I guess it's getting game time. Will they get the game time? Well, this is the thing, and you would like to they would like to think as players that they will get opportunities, especially when you go from that midweek European match then into the the weekend fixtures, three games in a week. You want to keep your squad as fresh as you possibly can, but there has to be an element of trust. And I just wonder if if that St Mirren result will have taken a slight edge off of that trust which still, looked like yeah. it was there but I think it's about the balance in the team mm. Andy and I think there's maybe as you say a couple of positions that you could change and get away with yep. there's certain combinations I still think he'll make a maybe a good number of changes for the Motherwell game in the yeah. Cup at uh, Fir Park that uh, is coming up soon he made a number of changes when they were away at Ross County mm. uh, in the previous round Nine he made I, I think that does highlight um, you know the, the depth of the squad and maybe at that point there was an element of trust that was that was given back. So they won. Because okay. they won three one, three one, three four one. Finished the three one. And I think you'll do that again at yep. Motherwell, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Quick fire questions: Who's the new manager of Dundee United? Who's it going to be? Well, Liam Fox, Fox. is the man. Yep. Um, it's his job, isn't it? Just now, he hasn't performed poorly. Certainly, he's given a, a good account of himself. The players look to be more on board with what he's asking them to do than certainly they were under Jack Ross. Okay. So he um, looks like I the wonder, man for the job. Yeah, I wonder whether they've backed themselves into a corner with the money that they've had to pay for certain managers, sure. coaching Jack staff. Ross, they're, they're all gone we, now. Yeah, sure, that that's costly. And there's a guy who's uh, right on your doorstep. And you've got a question for Leanne because you asked her in the office about the that? championship. Who's going to who's going to championship? Win? <laughs> yes, because my old yeah. team, Air United, yeah. are doing yeah. so well. And I'm so pleased to to see them, as you say, Leanne, flying high. And uh, I know you cover a lot of uh, games in that division. I just wonder who you thought were might be favourites. I think it's brilliant that they're they're giving the account of themselves that they are because Air United when I first started covering the championship were a playoff team under Ian McCall um, were always a, a real mm. solid side then they kind of fell by the wayside they were down bottom half of the table last season and they've certainly bounced back this season looked like a right good team and they carry a goal threat which every team needs but I still look at Dundee I know I think they're maybe down fourth or fifth possibly just now in the table um, they've got the, the strongest squad mm. still in, in my opinion they've so when it comes budget, to yeah. um, maybe even another transfer window you know Christmas time you maybe pick up another couple of loan players whatnot, bring in another one or two I still think it's their title to to, to lose for Dundee Thistle Dundee. Yeah. Thistle Thistle another one going strong they fell again by the wayside last season towards the, the tail end which really cost them was it down to the pitch a lot of questions over mm. that as well but no they're motoring really well watched them at Firhill against Inverness Cali Thistle um, last oh, month yeah. and they were outstanding that night really good again carry a goal threat teams that carry a goal threat are the ones that will be up there in the playoffs can I throw one in Queen's Park Glasgow's fine. Yep, another one. Yep, <laughs> yeah. again, scoring goals, Paul, I think defensively. Maybe conceded a number as well. But they're a, they've been a slow burner, Queen's Park, and almost a, a dark horse as well that, that maybe people didn't expect them to accelerate yeah. Yeah. as well so as quickly. they have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but no, good on them because they're a club with ambition, and you know that, Paul, as well, yeah. and Andy. Um, and it would be good to see them at, well, at least get in the playoffs. I walked past Lesser Hamden yes. last night. How's it looking? Know. 
Well, it's not ready yet, of course, mm. and I know there's going to be changes there in Queen's Park. Will uh, uh, play there, yep, and that'll be a, a great setup for them. So I think this is very much a, you know, something that's just uh, progressing uh, slowly but surely. And as Leanne said, they maybe made a step that was. Uh, you know, a bit quicker than most anticipated. So Scotland, a win last night, 3-0 win. We're going to get your teams, the team to play Ireland on Saturday. I'd rather, without being disrespectful, I'd rather play San Marino. No, no, listen, it's, it's, it's just another game. It's a game that, that we have to risk. Obviously, the Irish have got a clear week preparation. So it's the most important thing for us is to go away, assess again what we did tonight well look at the, the way the Irish play because they play a different system and decide the best way to play the game at the weekend and hopefully we can have a similar performance and, a, and certainly a similar result. So Hamden, sellout again, I think it is 50,000, isn't it? Yeah, it is a sellout Saturday yeah. night. Let's go trackside, Leanne Crichton. What's the team that for you'll be announcing at 6.30 on Saturday? For me, fit and available. Um, obviously, Gordon and goals. Tierney would be left back, sticking with McKenna, Henry and Hickey. We'll come in as a, a starter in the right side. McGregor, McTominay, McGinn for me doesn't change. Christie, Dykes and Fraser would be the two changes. I think you go Dykes as the aerial threat, gets us up the pitch. Ryan Fraser, want to see him start, want to see what he can bring to the team. Be direct, get deliveries into the box, really get Ireland on the back foot. That'll get the crowd going, won't it, after the win the other night. And uh, Andy, you watch a lot of English football as well as Scotland. Yeah. What's the Ireland team? Well, I think they'll go a back three. I think that's the way they've been shaping up. They've got a couple of wing-backs in Matt Doherty, who we've all uh, seen. James McLean on the other side. Mm. Uh, the goalkeeper I mentioned earlier, who yep. is Bazuno, cost around £18, £19 million pounds for Southampton. He's their number one. The back three, O'Shea, Collins and Egan. I like Egan. I think he's a, a really good leader. Um, the three in the middle of the park, Malumbi, Cullen and Knight. But it's up front. I like Troy Parrott, I like Obafemi, I think they are a danger and I'm just wondering whether you know Stephen Kenny will go with that, uh, that front two but I think he will, I think he'll try and be bold. Here's what the manager Steve Clark was saying finally about the game. We go away, we rest, we recover, we get ready for a tough game against the Republic of Ireland at the weekend. Obviously we went out there in, in the summer and we didn't do ourselves justice and we want to do ourselves justice on Saturday. So you were both there last night, you'll be there on Saturday. Andy, what do you think though it's going to be? You'll maybe be down south, but scoreline? Well, I think we'll win this one. Yes. I think we're out for revenge. And after seeing the way we played last night, uh, I think we'll win this one 2-0. Two 2-0. Nil. Two nil. Leanne? Yeah, I think Scotland will win. Maybe 2-1, one, 3-1. One. Should be a great night. And then that's brilliant. We'll go into it. Uh, top of the table, let's stay there because we've got a tough game next week in Ukraine. Leanne, thanks so much. Thank you. Good luck. We'll see you hopefully next week. Andy, next week as well. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Coming up next after the news, it's going to be Jokal Day. Back here tomorrow night, Barry Ferguson, Peter Grant at five. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com representing some of the biggest motoring manufacturers across Scotland. Let's go, go. Service your existing car with us right now. And it's worth £500 off your next car. 
Yes, at Macklin Motors Toyota, we'll give you a £500 voucher off any of our brand new Toyotas when you book in for a service with our expert Toyota trained technicians. We even have complimentary courtesy cars available. So book your service now and get £500 off any new Toyota. Visit macklinmotors.co.uk or see us at Kennishead Road, Darnley. Macklin Motors, the new name for Toyota sales and servicing in Glasgow. Valid on services till 30th September. Excludes Motability and Fleet customers. One £500 voucher per vehicle purchased by 31st December.